This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Tracy Passett, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Mark. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited you're here because we're going to talk about money. Because when you're an entrepreneur, you got to know how to deal with money. You got to know about this thing called cash flow. And that's what we're going to talk about in the show. But before we get there, who in the world are you? I mean, we know you're Tracy Passett, but what do you do for a living? Uh, so I am a financial coach for entrepreneurs and young adults. Uh, I live in Toronto, Ontario, in Canada. And by way of background, I was a banker for about 20 years. So working in the areas of commercial lending and risk management. So I've supported entrepreneurs uh, during that time, know what it takes to make a business run, ripped apart thousands of cash flow projections and business plans. And um, I miss dealing with the customers directly when I was in risk management. So when I started my own business, I packaged up all the things that I like to do. Um, and one of them is coaching entrepreneurs and uh, made a business that's really fun for myself. Now, the first question uh, just came to my mind when you were telling what you did. You coach entrepreneurs and young adults. I'm like, they got to be different people, different approaches, right? They can be. Sometimes they're the same because sometimes they are entrepreneurial young adults. They might have side hustles. They might have businesses. Um, But I'm a huge fan of um, financial literacy, and I like to talk about it as financial fitness. So I think the earlier you can get a handle on money in your life, whether it be personally or in your business, your your trajectory is going to change. And so if you kind of avoided whatever happened when you were a kid, if that's sticking with you and it wasn't the most positive thing, your life's going to be harder. So um, throughout my, my corporate career, I was always volunteering, helping young adults. And so I wanted to continue on with that. And my podcast, Young Money, really uh, focuses on them, the 18 to 30-ish age group. And so any path to success around wealth. So some things overlap. um, But then with entrepreneurs, it's really about my corporate experience and how can I help them um, make money so they can hit the goals they want in their business and deliver on and hit the goals they have in their personal life. Now, to put this in context for the audience, if you've never listened to the show, welcome. Glad you're here. Uh, I'm 55 years young, and I remember going to college and getting my first credit card. You know, they go, hey, sign up for a credit card. You get a free t-shirt or a pizza. I'm like, wow, I'm a broke college kid. That's really awesome. And I remember getting my first credit card. I think I had a $300 limit on it. This is going way back in the early 80s. And no, not early 80s, Mark, maybe late 80s. I'm not that young. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> so I remember going, okay, I got this credit card, came in the mail. I thought it was so cool. I went down the Radio Shack and I bought a boom box. You remember boom boxes, Tracy? Yeah, I do. Bought a boom box for, it was like $125, right? I was so geeked out, but I was even more One geeked out. Or two. What's that? Did it have the, the dual cassette? Recording? No, it just had a single cassette. Now the younger listeners are going, cassette, what? Go Google it. Okay. <laughs> it's one of my favorite <laughs> phrases, go Google it. So I was really excited to got this thing. I didn't have to pay any money. Just put, whipped out the plastic. Then I get the bill. It's like, just pay $10. I'm like, really? Because I didn't know about this thing called interest. Like, I just, I could pay $10 a month. Little did I realize then that when you pay it off, you don't pay $125 for the boombox. You pay like close to $200. So fast forward, I got married to my second wife in 2003. We took Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. This is stuff and what he, what you teach should be mandatory before you graduate high school because you don't understand how money works. Mostly mom and dad, 
you know, paid for everything. Even if you get a, a, a part-time job, mom and dad are paying for your, your clothing, your food. You don't understand how money works. And when I went through Dave Ramsey's class, I remember saying, thinking to myself, I, I didn't know half the stuff. And I think that's a fault of our education system. We should teach the things that you and Dave Ramsey teach because it's important because you need to know this stuff to live life. Agree 100%. And the earlier you learn it, then you can actually focus on whatever it is you're interested in because everyone doesn't need to love money. um, But if you can learn to manage it, understand how it works, um, that what you talked about with the credit card that I see that day in, day out. uh, And the research shows that post-secondary students come out of school with um, credit card debt. It usually uh, doesn't get paid on time. Then they're paying so much more like you talked about with your boom box. And then it can affect your credit score, which impacts even your ability to get an apartment, uh, let alone everything else that um, can be more important than getting that apartment. So couldn't agree more. It's absolutely critical. And I know in the U.S. you have the same issues we do in Canada about it not being taught in school to the degree it needs to be. Yeah, because all you do is you think about how much you have to put money down. So when you go and you want to buy a new sofa, a new TV, you say, well, it's it's a thousand dollars. We'll keep the math simple because I'm a simple man. A thousand dollars. Like, well, wait a minute. You could pay for the XYZ store credit card, and if you're approved, there's no money down. And we don't go, wait a minute. Okay, okay. If I get it interest free for sixty months, we don't realize that the fine print says if you don't pay it all off in sixty months, they're going to charge you interest from day one. They don't tell you it's it's in the it's in the credit card agreement, like in teeny tiny font at the very bottom that nobody reads. And we're shocked, like, yeah, I got this $1,000 TV or whatever it is. I don't have to pay interest. And all of a sudden, it's month 58, 59, ding, 60. Now you get this ginormous bill, and you're like, uh, blah, 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 blah. what happened? Well, you were stupid, like a lot of people are. You, you just <laughs> Your eyeballs were looking at that new TV or sofa, correct? Yeah, and that the sofa's probably not even any good anymore at that point in time. <laughs> yeah. Like you probably needed another one and you haven't even paid for the first one. Yeah. So it's just a bad cycle. So um, the the research shows too that you get a lot more satisfaction when you save up for things like a vacation, like a new piece of furniture, so that when you do buy it, you've actually paid for it completely. So you're able to enjoy it in peace and not know that and not have that debt hanging over your head. Hundred percent. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of Apple Pay. But on my Apple Watch and my iPhone, it's connected to my debit card. So when I go into, and of course with COVID, having Apple Pay is really cool because all I got to do, <laughs> I don't to touch anything. But it comes out of my checking account. It doesn't go on my credit card. See, that's the difference. And I, I think I have one credit card. Dave Ramsey would not approve, but I have one credit card because I'm not wealthy like he is. Uh, he can do all debit and all cash because he's worth a trillion dollars. I'm not, so I'm still part of the other society. But I, I think that the answer is not to get multiple credit cards. Maybe have one for an emergency and then pay it off, but don't max that one out. Go get another one, max that one out, go get another one, because that's, like you said, that's 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 a cycle that you're going to be uh, really struggling to dig yourself out of. For sure. And um, I, I don't think credit's good or bad. It's all in how you use it. So it comes down to you knowing yourself and the behaviors and routines you're going to be able to put into place. I like to charge everything, but I pay it off pretty much the same day or next day because I like to get points and benefits from my credit card. But I know that I have the discipline to do that. So if that doesn't suit you, then then that's not a good strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, so really important to know yourself and, and advance your knowledge to the the point that you can, and it's a journey for your life. So one small step every day can really make a big difference. 
Yes, the key thing you just said, small step, okay? So if you want McDonald's, don't pay Uber Eats with your credit card because you're going to get that meal. It's going to cost you 20 bucks. If you got in your car and drove to McDonald's, it'll probably cost you eight because you got to pay for the delivery fee. You got to pay for the tip. And now because you're not going to pay your credit card off at the end of the month, now that that $8 meal, which you paid $20 for because you had Uber Eats, is now going to cost like $40. But people don't think about it. They think I'm hungry. I want McDonald's. I'll go to my Uber Eats app and have it delivered. They don't realize how much that's really going to cost them by the time they pay it off. Yeah. And if you actually did the math and added up those two or three nights a week and you added up for the month, what could you actually do with that money? <laughs> and it's very shocking what you could do and, and how you could actually make progress against your goals. So whether it's being able to um, have less student debt, whether it's being able to get closer to getting your own place, maybe it's getting a car, maybe it's saving up for that trip when it's safe to do so. Um, just thinking about what's important to you and always having that question, like when you're going to spend money, does it bring me closer to farther from my goals when I do this. Now, and so you if you think, can kind of check yourself, it can work. Now, do you think that's because we, we see something and we want it now? We're not patient. We're like, okay, look, I could save for six months and buy the TV with cash. Do you think that's because we, we think that this thing, which is really not going to make you happy, by the way, that TV, that new phone, that tablet, it's going to make you happy for a couple days. And you're like, oh, what's the next thing? Do you think that's part of the problem? Absolutely. And social media really contributes oh, yeah. to that. You see everybody playing out their best day of their life and you want your life to look like that, even though that's not what every moment of their life looks like. Mm -hmm. And so if you're uh, susceptible to that, you got to reduce your time on social media. Again, bring it back to what's important to you, what's important to your family, your friends, and focus on your goals. And if you know you get triggered by seeing what other people are up to, because the thing that you don't know, and it's important, I talk about this a lot, is to mind your own business when it comes to other people's lives. You don't know how they paid for it. So they might have everything fancy and new and everything that you want to have, but they might be one missed paycheck away from, from going bankrupt. So you don't know the story. So focus on yourself. Don't get sucked into that and uh, things will be a whole lot better for you. Hey there, it's Mark and I want to invite you to become a Mark Struchowski insider and get the top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs absolutely free. It all happens over at MrProductivity.com. Not only that, but maybe they have a lot of money and they paid cash for it. Again, to your point, you don't know. You just want to keep up with the Joneses. And I, I once heard someone say, I wish I knew the source of this. It's called the 48 hour rule. So if you want to buy a new iPhone, a new Apple watch, a new TV, you're like, okay, you know what? I really want it now, but I'm going to wait 48 hours and then make the decision. I heard that that 48 hours will make you go, you know, my TV's just fine. What do you, what do you think about that? I totally agree. Certainly would uh, give you a second thought. And in 48 hours, there's going to be a lot of other things that come along that you want now. So sometimes you can put things in your cart, not pull the trigger and buy it. If you're doing online shopping, um, maybe flag it as something you're going to come back to. Um, but a lot can change as we've seen in the last year or so. Um, 48 hours is a long time and it can make a big difference. One of the things that I have, my wife and I have gotten rid of is Amazon Prime. And the reason why I got Amazon Prime is we're, we, I, I, one day I said to myself, I said to myself, I go, wait a minute, how many things do I order? that I need in a day or two. And then I go, okay, well, they have free shipping after $25. And I'm like, and I did the math. I I'm a nerd. I pulled out the mat, the book and I, you know, notebook. I did the math. I'm like, so they want $129. 
I don't watch the TV shows. I have Apple music, so I don't need their music. And I'm like, what have I ever ordered? And I can't think of a single thing I ordered that I need it in two days. And so it's funny because my father, he's 80 years old. He's just start, starting to use Amazon now. And he thought you had to pay for Amazon. I said, no, they did pay for prime. How many things do you need to order within two days? He goes, I don't. Well, you can, anybody can order. You can pay for shipping. And even if you pay for shipping, what's the cost of your shipping over a year of stuff you need within two or three days. And I would beg the most people go, well, I don't need it in two to three days. It's just a convenience. What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, uh, where I live, uh, I'm in a townhouse complex and I think Amazon comes there a hundred times a day. Oh. Um, <laughs> and people are doing mo sometimes multiple orders in a day. Wow. There absolutely is nothing that you need. And where I live, we can get one day delivery. If you order in the morning, you can get it by 10 o'clock at night. We get same day. Um, we get same day in Houston. Yeah, That's so insane. What, we don't need that. It also is contributing to lots of packaging in the environment. Um, and then a lot of times, if you're trying to get over that threshold in the cart, you're adding stuff in your cart. And then all of a sudden, you're not just at 25. Whoops, you went to 32. So now you're wasting money on top of that. So um, again, what's important to you? Think about it in that context. I do watch the shows, though. So I do like my prime. Okay. I'm a prime TV. So well, th there you go. Now let's talk about cash flow because there may be people listening to this show who are entrepreneurs or maybe entrepreneur, entrepreneur wannabes, entrepreneur wannabes. There's a, there's a term for them. And well, entrepreneurs, I think. Entrepreneurs. Thank you very much, Tracy. So tell us, because you're uh, a numbers geek, you know, this stuff, what is cash flow? So the simplest way I can explain it is money comes into your account. Money goes out. And the timing that it happens is that cash flow cycle. So oftentimes, if we want to take a really simple example, if we have to pay rent, we're probably going to need, if we think about it personally, two paychecks to be able to cover that because rent is a large expense. So we would need to keep money in our bank account. So the day that that rent payment is due, we have enough cash. So money coming in, money going out, and the timing that it happens. And usually we have to plan for that. We can't just presume we're going to have the right amount on the right day. And um, in business, it depends on your industry. All the cash flow cycles are very different. So if we think about an event planner, they're going to take a deposit up front. So they're going to get in cash and they're not going to put on your wedding or your event without getting paid before the event actually happens. So they have the money to pay for the food, their employees, all that stuff. If we think about if you're dealing with a corporation and you sell to them, if they're a larger one, they're probably going to get you to send in an invoice and then they might pay you in 30, 60, 90 days later. So now all of a sudden, the timing doesn't work very well. You might have had to pay staff to do that work for them. And now you've got to float those wages and any other expenses you had in your business till that 90 days when they start paying you. So it's so important to understand your industry and your cash flow cycle. I love that. And the note I just wrote down, I want to make sure I didn't forget is I discovered the magic, the power of a continuity program. So I have a digital productivity coaching program, which you can find out at mrproductivity.com. It's a really good deal. It's $97 a month and you get way more than $97 of value. But I hit your credit or debit card, $97 every month. I don't have to invoice anyone. And I remember for the longest time, I kept hearing continuity program, continuity program. And it really helps with your cash flow because if you, let's say $97, 10 clients, is $970 a month, you know, $100, you do the math, okay? And once I discovered that and embraced that, I'm like, wow, this is pretty cool because now I know I'm going to get money and people come, people go, obviously, but it makes a lot, it makes a lot easier 
to manage your budget. If you're just doing one-on-one coaching, like 12-week programs, then you, okay, you got four coaching programs this month, then you only get one next month, and then so those other four drop off. Now, you if you don't get new ones, now you have one, and it's really, it's kind of like an ebb and flow. I don't like that feeling. I like the, the power of having continuity programs. Now, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're going to have a continuity program, you got to make sure it's really good because you don't want people getting in and finding it's not of value and they ask for refunds and they give you bad reviews. So I go out of my way to make sure $97 a month, you're getting like $500 worth of value. So that's the key. But I love continuity programs and that's, that's, that's pretty much makes my cash flow real easy because I know, I know how much money's going out for like zoom pro and you know uh, zencaster and stuff like that and i also know how much money's coming in and i can look at my spreadsheet and go okay i'm still in the black but if there's more going out than coming in then i pull out that credit card and that's going down that cycle that you talked about earlier yeah so a couple things i want to jump in on so you call it continuity program and that's you looking at it from the creator standpoint from a financial standpoint we call that recurring cash flow okay. and that is the secret secret to uh, sustainability in your cash flow because you really want to smooth out those big peaks and valleys in the cash flow that you talked about if you've got four people this month only one next Um, so that's important and knowing the difference that cash flow is different than profit because you you touched on knowing that you were in the black so that's really important so we can be highly profitable on paper and when we're talking about profit we're talking about our income statement our profit and loss it's our sales minus all our expenses so we can have a really profitable P&L. We can, we can see that we're making money. But what can actually kill our business is if we don't actually get paid on the sales. So if we're dealing with a lot of corporations that don't pay us for 90 days, while we have the sales booked from an income standpoint, we don't actually have any money in our bank account. And in my time as a banker, I've seen businesses go under in as quick as 90 days because they don't have any other source of cash coming in. They don't have access to a line of credit or a credit card or personal resources to put in. And so while they're a profitable business on paper, the lack of cash flow can kill the business. Which is interesting because like, if I add up all the expenses I have, you know, like I mentioned Zencaster and Zoom and stuff like that, that's fixed. Those people are going to take my money out every month. And if I'm waiting for corporation A and B to pay me for 90 days, well, there could be a gap where there's more money going out than coming in. And I don't think entrepreneurs think about that. So what I encourage people to do is if you haven't done it already, I know Tracy, you're going to concur with this. Go figure out, don't think, go figure out how much money you're spending on a monthly basis. I mean, write it down on paper so your eyeballs can see it. A lot of people I see, they go, well, I think, no, I don't, the first two words should not be, (laughs) I think it should be, I know that's number one. If you ever watched uh, shark tank, okay, you better know your numbers when you go in the shark tank. The, the second thing is, is how do you have your billing set up? Do you people, are you like a lawyer? Do you get paid up front or wedding planner? You get paid up front or do you get paid per procession? Now I like, I do a 12 week coaching call. Okay. Coaching packets. You pay me up front. Okay. And if you don't, you know, then you, every session you get, it eats off the, you know, whatever you pay me. But some people, they bill at the end of the month. Well, then you're hoping that people pay that bill because I got news for you. You are not the most important bill they have to pay every month. They got their mortgage or rent. They got food. They got you know medical insurance and stuff like that. So I, I think people should pull out the old notebook and paper, write down what's coming in, what's going out, and actually total up the numbers. And yeah, you can do a spreadsheet for this, but I think if you do it on paper, I think it's going to be more real for you. What do you think? 
Absolutely agree. And I think that if we can't do it on paper, then we're making it too complicated. Ah. Like absolutely, we'd want to expand and go to a spreadsheet because we don't want to have to keep writing it down on paper. But if we can't figure out our pricing or figure out the ins and outs quickly on a piece of paper, then we're making it too complicated. And that sometimes is the issue. Entrepreneurs think it's this really scary math thing that it's hard to figure out. No, pull out your bank statements, whether it's your credit card or, or your bank account, look at all the amounts that are going out how much are regularly going out, make a list. Um, when you're setting up your programs or your offerings, what you're going to do, sometimes people will actually set up different categories based on the different ways that people are going to pay so that they make sure they don't get too heavy into corporates that are going to pay in 90 days, that they have some recurring cash flow, they have some that's going to come and go, but they kind of have a steady base that they can, can build on. And um, I'm so glad you talked about like getting to know your numbers, because to me, that's job number one. Um, money brings so much stress and anxiety when we think and we don't know, because then we can um, create the problem so much bigger in our minds. And we can't actually move forward to solving it because we don't know what the problem is. Mm. We don't know if our lifestyle is too expensive. We don't know if our business isn't making any money. Um, so to help people, I actually have a, a money meeting agenda for them, because I think it's so important to get a regular time in your calendar so that you can spend Maybe it's 30 minutes a week. I'm not talking about a day a week, but just like anything else in your business, you've got to have your eye on this. Um, so at cashcoach.biz, they can download a money meeting agenda and you can actually get started today. And your first meeting might actually just be looking at the agenda. And then maybe next meeting is you're going to log into your online banking. And then you're going to get to the step where you start jotting it down. Wherever you are in the journey is where you need to start. Hey, I now have an affiliate program where you can earn up to 30% commission just referring people to my paid program. To find out more, go to MrProductivity.com, scroll to the bottom of the page and click the link. Excellent. One question I have for you is I want to talk about net worth. Now, several years ago, when I was struggling with my business, I was a pizza delivery guy and I delivered to a lot of real, like gated community, very mansions, boat in the yard, Lamborghinis. And I deliver all this pizza, probably bought on credit card and they would give me a dollar tip. And I used to get so angry and I come home and, you know, vent to my wife and she goes, honey, they could, they could be house poor. They could have all their money tied up in assets. So just because you make a million dollars a year, if you've got a million dollars in debt, what's our net worth? Well, we have to look at our value of assets and then against our liabilities. So if we're, we're calling the million we make a year our assets, it would be zero. Yes. I want people to understand that just because you make a million dollars a year, if you have a hundred million dollars in assets, you don't have any net worth. Okay. You probably have a real bad credit score because you're buying all the pizza from me. Well, back in the day on credit card. And so I would go to, let's say, less than desirable apartment complexes. Okay. They're all worn down and the people there are not doing well. And they'd order like a $25 pizza and give me a $10 tip. I would get better tips from people who are more like me trying to make me than I would get from the rich people, which I, I would, that blew me away. That was the biggest lesson I learned from being a pizza delivery guy is just cause you look rich doesn't mean you are rich. Exactly. And um, coming at it from like a, a credit perspective and looking at it from an evaluation standpoint, like a couple of the factors we look at, one, does someone actually have the ability to pay you back? So do they make money and are, are, do they have cash flow coming in and they're profitable? But that actually the main determinant in whether somebody's going to pay you or how well they're going to tip you is actually their character. 
Ah. So they can have money. They just choose not to give it to you, which means that when you're dealing with clients as an entrepreneur, people can have the money, but they might choose not to pay you for whatever reason. And it's not because you did a bad service. Um, it could be just something about them. So um, character is the most important determinant, like when a, a, an institution is actually deciding how they're going to lend money. So absolutely important. You got to know somebody's got the cash flow to pay you, but it will come down to kind of their past behavior. What's their reputation? So sometimes we know things about prospects before we start dealing with them. If we've heard that a couple of our friends have already had issues with them, maybe we want to pass because we don't want to get into all that um, challenge as we're trying to collect our payments and we're trying to offer value, which is then going to bring us down and it might impact our other clients too. I, I have tended to become a bigger tipper. So I don't like figure out 8%, 10%. I'm like, you know what? I have been blessed with money. And so I know that at least in the States here, I think the the servers make 2043 cents an hour and they got to split the tips. So if I get good service, I will tip really good because I don't believe in karma and all that stuff, but I believe goes back to, you said character. If you are a bigger tipper than most people, then you probably have a better character, which means you're probably a better member of society. Yeah, because you certainly care more about people. Uh, I was a waitress for a very long time through my high school, through my undergrad, even through my MBA. Um, So I know how that feels. And I remember, I remember that feeling when my arms were killing me carrying all the plates. And, and so if you can, if you're in a position to help people, you should take that opportunity. Excellent. Well, before we wrap up the show and ask you the final question, where we can find out more about you. uh, We're going to do this thing called Mike Swap, where I give you an opportunity to ask me a couple questions as the temporary host of the Mark Stuchowski podcast. So Tracy, I give you the microphone. Excellent. So I was very excited for this part. Um, So my first question is, what do you spend money on that other people might judge you for? And I'm going to give you an example for me so you can think about it. Um, So I love music. I love live music. And I spend a lot of money on concerts when it's non-COVID time. And a lot of people think that that's a waste of money, but that's fine because I live within my means. I manage my own budget. So I get to do whatever I want that makes me happy with my money. So what do you do or what do you spend money on that other people might judge you for? Easy answer for me, getting water delivered to my house. When I gave up drinking everything but water, 99% of the time, about a couple of years ago, I became a water snob and the water from our tap doesn't taste good. The water you buy, the cheap water in the store didn't taste good. So I found this water here in Houston, Texas. It's called a Zarka Mountain Spring Water. It tastes delicious. And when I did the math, talking about the numbers, it was cheaper for me when you do, they come in five gallon recyclable containers. When you figure out how much that's worth, it's really cheaper than buying the water in the stores. And so most people go, well, just drink water out of your tap, but they're not drinking enough water. They're drinking like liquor or they're drinking soda. My joint drink of choice is water. And so they may go, why, why buy it? It's a waste of money. Well, yeah, but you're paying how much money you spend in Starbucks every month. I think that's a waste of money. So I buy the water. So that would be my answer. Oh, that's a good one. And absolutely, I could see why people might think that's a little bit out there, but it's none of their business, as I was that's saying right. before. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite productivity kind of money hack, like a way that either you're uh, looking at things every month or, or some way that you're saving money that you'd like to share with others? If you have a spouse or a close friend, always run things by them. 
Okay. Because entrepreneurs, we get, we talk to other entrepreneurs. My wife is not an entrepreneur. We talk to other entrepreneurs and they're like, Oh, you got to buy this new thing. Like, yeah, I got to buy it. Oh, it's only 200 bucks a year. And and, and we don't really need it. So I go to my wife who, who helps me in the business, but she really doesn't understand everything I do in the business. And she'll go, I don't understand it. And it pa- causes me to pause and go, Oh yeah. Cause I got Neither excited. I. About it. I'm hearing a, now it may work great for you, Tracy, but just because you love it, and it works for you. It may not work for me, but I got, I got all excited about it, but you talking about it and I want to go out and buy it. So I run it by my wife who is a uh, much more clear thinker than I am. And, and I'll go, Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't really need it. <laughs> That's a great one. And certainly with all the day trading we've been seeing this um, the last couple months, because people are getting support payments and everybody fancies themselves a trader. Um, <laughs> having a person like that really can prevent you from, from making missteps with your money. So that is awesome. Absolutely. And my final question is, what is your favorite song or your favorite artist or group? My favorite artist is a group out of Australia called Hillsong United. I'm a Christian, so they're a Christian band. Uh, their tagline is, we're the biggest band you never heard of. They got their own channel. I love their music. Um, and my favorite song is a daily runner. They've got a song they released about eight years ago called running. And so I love, I told my wife, I said, when I die, play that song, because if you can legally, uh, because there's other copyright rules, uh, but maybe I'll buy the rights to it and play it at my, at my service or something like that. But yeah, Hillsong United, my favorite group of all time. What's your favorite group? Excellent. Oh, I have so many. Um, so I like country and pop and, um, it's hard to even pick a song. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. So the final, final question I have for you, you already alluded to it earlier. Where can we find out more about you? Um, so best place, if anybody has comments or questions, reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, so Tracy has an E and Visit has two S's, two T's. And for those who want to get started right away, taking control of their money, head over to cashcoach.biz and you can download that money meeting agenda and get started. That's going to bump you right to my website. So you'll be able to find all the information there. Excellent. Well, Tracy, this has been so much fun. Thank you for coming on the show, sharing with us what you share with us. I really am so thankful you were here. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski podcast. I really hope it served you well today. Now head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com. Sign up to be a free Mark Stuchowski insider. Get my top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs. Absolutely free. It's my gift to you. And until tomorrow, my friend, go be productive.